I just welcome you tonight. We are continuing on with our series, The Two Parts of Life, and uh, I hope that you've been getting some out of it. Uh, I hope that it's been blessing you already. I can tell you this for me, it has changed my life um, since I got a hold of this a few months ago. It has changed everything. And so let's turn, this is not on the uh, notes directly tonight, but let's turn to 1 John uh, chapter 4. And verse 19, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. And this is really, this is the two parts of life right here in this verse. Um, you see in the two parts of life in this uh, graphic that we have, part number one is God loving on you. And, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about God loving on everybody. I'm talking about God loving on you. Please put the graphic back up there. God loving on you. You need, it is, he is loving on everybody, every person, but you need to receive it first that he's talking just to you, just to you. I mean, he's talking just to you. It's, it's, it's personal to God. You are personal to him. And that is so important. He's talking just to you. Amen. And because it's then when you receive it for yourself, then we can do some stuff together. But you've got to have that personal revelation that God loves you. Man, he loves you. And so part number one is God loving on you. And part number two is man loving back on God. And this is pretty much wrapped up in this verse here in 1 John uh, chapter 4 and verse 19. It says, we love because he first loved us. In other words, we're empowered to love because he, he first loved us. Had he not loved us first, you, you don't get to love back until you receive his love. We don't, we don't get to be who he's called us to be until we've received what he's done for us, until we've received his love. You know, and we've talked about it that that can kind of scare, you know, religion because it's like all you're talking to him about is receiving yeah, because you can't love until you've received his love. You can't, you can't love till you've received his love. So this is the great part about this is all of a sudden, you see, when you try to go about this backwards, when I try to love God first and then God will love me, I've got it out of order of what God has already said, and I'm not empowered to do that. That essentially, and I want you to hear this, most people try to do good, do good to please God, but essentially what they're doing is they are rebelling against his plan. Well, somebody who's set against in pride, that's what rebellion is. Are they going to go with God or are they going against God? Yeah, so they're not going to be strengthened to do that. So we really need to understand that in order for us to be who God's called us to be, we have to receive part one first. That's his love towards us. And this is an ongoing process. You got a problem that's going on in your life. You know what you need to receive? You need to receive that God loves you. That God loves you. You know, we, if we have an issue at the church, you know what we need to receive? God loves us. God loves this church. He loves every other church too, but he loves this one, amen? He loves us. And as we receive that, that will empower us to actually love him back. But there's another thing in receiving his love, and this is you know, ultimately what we're talking about in this series is 
uh, how the gift of righteousness plays. And you remember, it, one of the things is righteousness is not what you do. The gift of righteousness is not what you do. Let me get that. It's not what you do. Now, does that go against anybody's teaching before now? Anybody ever, <laughs> you know, the gift of righteousness is not what you do. The gift of righteousness is a created person in a created place. You are a new creation in 2 Corinthians 5. You are a new creation. And you are given the righteousness of God in Christ. You didn't do anything for it. Nothing. You were awarded that. In that same righteousness is sitting there. That gift is waiting even for the world. He's not holding their uh, trespasses against them. So that righteousness is not something that you do. Matter of fact, when you look at this example, walk over here. When you look at this example and we understand part one and part two, we can see that if righteousness is something that we do, part two, we've already talked about you can't do that until you've received his love. And so what we're trying to do a lot of times is put part two in front of part one. Again, we're going against the system of God. Righteousness is not, the gift of righteousness is not something that you do. Holiness is a response to part one. Holiness is a response to the gift of righteousness. Holiness is empowered by God giving us his love then that empowers us and strengthens us. We love because he first loved us. He first loved us. He gave us the gift of righteousness. And then that empowered us to give him a life of holiness. You see? All right? It's good stuff. So in the gift of righteousness, it's a created place, a created position, and a created character. You're, you know... You just, you need to see that. How many people feel righteous right now? Feel it. Not asking you if you know it. How many people feel righteous? Thank goodness we don't, we don't live by feelings. <laughs> right? Did you know that if God himself was in this place and in this room, he could look at each one of you that know Jesus and say, you're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. Every single person, you're righteous. But you don't feel righteous. And that's where the devil comes in and he gets in the mix. And we have allowed him. Because we've lived by our feelings and we've lived by sight than we have more than we have by faith. And so all of a sudden, when we start to go and believe God for something, we remember our feelings instead of remembering what God called you. Then all of a sudden, when we go to believe something, we're, we're not moving by what God said. We're moving by what we feel, and our faith level just drops through the floor. And all of a sudden, 
We just don't move it. See, this is why there's power wrapped up in the gift of righteousness because when we start understanding that no matter how I feel, I'm righteous. No matter how I feel or even what I've done, you're not righteous based off of what you do. All of a sudden, you'll understand, man, if I'm righteous, then I right now am in right standing with God, and I have a right to believe for him, even though I just messed up. That was already covered through Christ, already done. Now, I'm going to tell you, because of the way we think <laughs> laterally, that can give your brain some, some you know, flips. It can mess with it. And that's where we have, to, we have to hear this message and we have to get it, each one for ourselves and even as a body until it comes to the point that the devil comes up and goes, ah, oh, you're just nothing, you're just, you're just nothing, blah, 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 blah. And you say, shut up, shut up, I'm righteous. Devil, get out of here. Resist the devil and he'll flee. But see, a lot of times we're just letting him talk because we're like, man, I did mess up. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm just a sorry you know, sack of something. You know, I'm just, I'm just a mess. And so we just play right along with it. And all of a sudden, we start to feel like what he's saying and how we feel. And then when we need God, when we need his protection, we don't know how to get it. We don't know how to operate in it. We don't know how to have the power of heaven, the power of God's heart manifest in our lives because we think, I'm not righteous. I'm not righteous. There's a power in righteousness. And this is, we need to understand what God has given us. Let's just, let's turn there real quick to uh, 2 Corinthians and read through that one more time. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and starting at verse 17. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, not just the good person, not just the person that feels like super Christian that day, you know, not the person that, you know, Feels like they got the big S on their chest that day because they helped somebody out of a ditch or whatever. That, it's not just them. It's anyone, anyone who is in Christ. They are a new creation. They are a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. That might have been who you were, but you didn't have to stay there. And now that you have accepted Christ, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He made us right through Christ. He made you righteous through Christ. Namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, making the world right to himself. God, the Father, was in Jesus making the world right making the world righteous now they accept that righteousness they receive it as they accept christ and as soon as they accept christ doesn't matter how they feel that gift is theirs they're righteous in the eyes of god god himself would stand up in the middle of the room and he would look at any person in christ and say righteous 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 you're right with me. 
You're right with me. It gives you a right to talk to me. It gives you a right to be my child. It gives you rights in the kingdom of heaven. It gives you a right to expect, a right to uh, receive. You're righteous. I love you. You're righteous. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of, of reconciliation, or he's given us the ministry to tell people you're righteous. God's not holding it against you. He's not mad at you. He's not holding it against you. It doesn't mean every decision you make makes him happy, but he's not mad at you. He's not mad at you. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God or be made right to God. In other words, accept Christ and accept your rightness. Accept Jesus and accept your righteousness. Accept him. Well, see, sometimes we need to wake up in the morning and we need to remember that we have received Jesus and we have accepted that gift. We need to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and go, you're righteous. I don't know what everybody else is talking about, but you're a good-looking, righteous person. That's what you need to do, whether you feel good-looking or not, whether you feel righteous or not, right? You're righteous. Wake up in the morning and, and look in the mirror. You're righteous. Man, I'm looking at a righteous believer right there. <laughs> John like that. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I'm embarrassing you, and you're not even the one up here. You need to get, in, you need, listen. Which one is right to stand down and not be able to say that? I don't know if I could say that. I know, I know that's what the word says. See right there? That's that's pride in itself. See, the world wants to call it humility, but that's pride because you're not able to say what God has said. You're not able to declare what God has declared. When you've accepted Christ, you need to be able to stand up and say, I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I have received the gift of righteousness. I am one righteous dude. Like, see, that would, that would mean something totally different 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> I'm a righteous dude. There you go. <laughs> You're a righteous dude. Right on. <laughs> You need to get it. You're righteous. We are righteous. If we've accepted Christ, we are righteous. Well, let me ask you a question now. If you are righteous and you are in right standing with God Almighty from this point forward, what does that afford you? Everything. Jesus said, all things are given to me, and all things that are mine are yours. He says I, that you have been given every spiritual gift 
in heavenly places. See, that's just it. The devil has talked us out of our inheritance, which is why in Ephesians chapter 1, it talks and talks over and over and over again about you have an inheritance. If you only knew the surpassing greatness of your inheritance in him. This is why he can talk that way. Because Paul had revelation of it. He had revelation of the righteousness of God. It goes on here in verse 21. He made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's talking about in context when we receive him. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, now you go back and look at the notes that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. You look in here and you see that righteousness, okay, it's a created place, position, and character. It's a created place, created position, created character. Then you see that righteousness is not something that we do, but something that we are. It's something we are. It's not what we do. It's who we are. We're righteousness. He says, We're in a, if we are in a kingdom, you don't become king by being a very good prince. You're born into the royal line. You see, we, you're righteous. You're born into the line of God, made in his image and likeness, and adopted as sons. You are born. We are reborn. We're his children. And we're not the kind of children that has to say, you know, go up to daddy's door and knock on the door and be like afraid like he might actually answer it. You know, is he going to blow out of this door and zap me and, you know, swat me like the bug that I am? See, that's what the world teaches us. But when you're righteous, you walk up to the door of your father and you'll find it's already open. Man, he knew I was coming. That door was open through Jesus. And we just walk right into the presence of God. And we don't find somebody that's sitting there. He says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive. And, it, and it, the, the point of that, and then you go over when it's talking about wisdom too, is he gives liberally. Without rebuke, without correction. What you see in that is, even when we mess up, he's not sitting there ready to strike you down. He's sitting in there going, I am so glad you came. Now I can pour out on you, part one, my love, because you came to me. Had you stayed away and acted like you were unrighteous and scared in your boots, then I couldn't have gotten my love to you my grace to you, my power to you. I couldn't have gotten those things. But when you're righteous, you walk right through into the throne room of God because of the blood of Christ, because of his not sinning. He took all of our sin, and now I don't have it on me. I don't have it on me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. If you know Christ, you don't have it on you either. He took it already. He took it already. And when you receive that for yourself as revelation, there's something very interesting that happens. All of a sudden, you want to do part two. You want to love God back. You want to be holy. There's something about it. When you finally get it, you go, man. And it cranks the engine of holiness in your life. The gift of righteousness cranks the engine 
of holiness in your life. Amen? So what does that gift do? Well, it creates a place for us, a position, a character. Uh, there's power linked to that righteousness. There, you reign in life through righteousness. You, grace reigns through righteousness. Uh, righteousness is the scepter of his kingdom. It's the stamp of, of power. It's the stamp that God says, that's my, that's my boy. That's my daughter. It's the stamp. See, all of a sudden, you understand the gift of righteousness, and you walk into a worldly situation, and it doesn't look good, and, and uh, you know, you're carrying the scepter of, of the kingdom of God. You walk into a room. Listen, devils take notice of that. This is why they don't want you to know that you have the gift of righteousness, because now instead of them eating your lunch, you start eating theirs. Because you walk in with a power. Maturity is measured in righteousness. In other words, the mature believer, it has a whole lot to do, and the majority to do with revelation of how righteous you are and how righteous people are. It has to do with that. In other words, if you, if you don't know much about the gift of righteousness, yet, honestly, we're not very mature. But if we will get some revelation, we will start to grow in maturity. This is what Paul's saying or here in Hebrews. I think it was Paul. Righteousness partners us with the Holy Spirit and power. Righteousness is the connection to resurrection power. We're talking about the manifested power of God. Pastor Tracy said this, a revelation of righteousness is tied to resurrection power. A revelation of righteousness is tied. Now, I want you to look, tonight we're going to talk about the two foundations, uh, or the foundations and the two children real quickly. Let's turn to Galatians uh, chapter 4. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, go eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Huh? <laughs> I don't remember that song. <laughs> so just in Galatians chapter four and verse twenty seven, uh, you'll notice here in this verse that it is all caps, okay? You'll see here that it says, But the Jerusalem above is free, she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, barren woman who does not bear. Break forth and shout, you who are not in labor. For more numerous are the children of the desolate than the one who has a husband. All right, now it's talking about two different types of children here in this chapter. It's talking about the bond and the free. It's talking about the children of Israel and the Gentiles, okay? And it's talking about two different children. You'll see that this quote right here refers back to Isaiah 54. And so that's why it's in all caps is because it's a quote of the Old Testament, a quote of Scripture. So let's turn now to Isaiah 54. And the only reason I wanted you to see that is because I want you to pick up here 
in Isaiah uh, 54. And before we get deep into uh, chapter 54, uh, just let's kind of catch you up to speed. So by this point in Isaiah, we are talking about the new Jerusalem, the new people of God. We're talking about uh, after Jesus comes, people that have accepted Christ. We're talking about the new covenant. And then in, in chapter 53, this is where it's talking about Jesus and what he will go through, pierced uh, through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement of our well-being fell upon him. By his scourging or by his stripes, we are healed. The Lord calls the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Then, so it talks about what Jesus went through on our behalf. It talks about the sin that he took on him so that we might have no sin. What are we talking about? Gift of righteousness, right? So then we come over into chapter 54. Now I can tell you this is kind of a neat story. I went at one point when the Lord started uh, calling me to minister I felt like I was supposed to go and uh, go out in the woods and camp out and fast for a few days. And during that period of time, I was out there for, I don't know, a few days and uh, two or three. And the Lord uh, provoked me to read through Isaiah. And so I started reading through Isaiah. And as I went through Isaiah, I got to around chapter 40. And you could tell the whole tone of the book shifted. And it went from Old Testament uh words and prophecy over into um, messianic prophecy talking about the messiah and talking about the future church okay and everything changed and i'd been at that time around a bunch of people and the holy spirit been writing it on my heart you know the holy spirit's a great teacher and before I read this, he was already teaching me this. And then I found the scripture. And I was like, yeah. And in verse uh, chapter 51, uh, let's back up there real quick. Chapter 51 and uh, verse 22. JD's keeping up with me tonight. Thank you, sir. It says, thus says the Lord, says your Lord, the Lord, even your God, who contends for all his people, behold, I have taken out of your hand the cup of reeling, the chalice of my anger, you will never drink it again. This is God talking about Christians. This is God talking about new covenant believers. I, I am, you're never going to taste the cup of my anger again. You will never drink it again. So somebody tells you as a believer, now if you're not a believer, this isn't a promise to you, but you can have it. But if you're a believer, then, and somebody tells you that God is angry at you and that you are paying the punishment for his angry, they a lie. <laughs> that's, that's a lie. Because either God says, you know, let God be true and every man a liar. This is God's word. This is a promise to every believer. You will never taste my anger again. Never. 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 And so somebody tells you that God's angry at you and, and you're just feeling the punishment. That, they're lying. 
they're lying. Period. Because that's not what God said. And I, I'll tell you this. I have seen over and over and over and over, over, over again. Even when I thought I was right. And God, you know, I didn't know. I found God to be true. Yeah. Even when I thought I was the right one. God, I've never seen him fail his word. Amen. Never. Amen. It's who he is, part of his character. Amen. This is a great thing. So I read that. I was out in the tent. I was reading through Isaiah. And I got to that verse. And I went, Arr! what? Sweet. It was awesome. I was like, praise God, man. I have found something. And then I got over into chapter 54. And it says something else. It said in verse 8, chapter 54, it says, In an outburst of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting loving kindness, everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you. That means you have now, once you've accepted Christ, the compassion of the Lord forever. It will never cease for eternity. You have the compassion of the Lord. Everlasting loving kindness, compassion, says the Lord, your Redeemer. This is a, look, I have a note just written out here. This is a covenant loyalty with God. You see, you and I may have broke some covenants before, but God don't break them. And when he spoke this, he's talking about covenant. And he says, I'm making a covenant with you right now. You're going to have kindness, my loving kindness, everlasting, and compassion. Period. End of story. Then he says this. That he gives you this example. He gives you a little parable here so that you can understand it even more. For this is like the days of Noah to me when I swore, when I swore, that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again, so I have sworn I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you. In other words, he's saying forever, the, the waters of Noah are never going to do it. That's why when he gave us the rainbow, it's never going to happen again. At that same, in that same strength, he said this, I will never be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. Is that not, does that not take the weight off of us? Who all of a sudden you, you start to see, man, Lord, I just received that. I receive that. I just praise God. You're not going to be angry with me. You're not going to rebuke me forever. I have your loving kindness and your compassion. Praise God. If, if you just, just want to receive that now, just like right now, you, you have maybe lived up to this point where you have you been believing a lie. And up till this point, you've been believing that God was angry with you and, and that you've been under punishment and rebuke as his child. And you just want that stuff to crack and break off of you. I just want you to stand up in your place right now and just say, I will not have that no more, no more. From this point forward, I'm receiving the love and kind of just stand up right where you're at saying today is a different day. I'm not operating. I'm not living under that any longer. Amen. 
Father, right now, we just receive love and kindness, the blessing of God. He's not angry, and he will not rebuke you. Everlasting compassion be in Jesus' name. Everlasting compassion. If you want it to be a marker today, everlasting compassion be in Jesus' name. Everlasting compassion be now in Jesus' name. Freedom come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. See, that sometimes we don't know when to stand up or when to receive. And I, I'm glad that you did because it's like this. Uh, last week I was sitting in the service and somebody started talking about something. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I've dealt with that. I've dealt with that before. But I'm not dealing with it right now. I'm not dealing with it right now. So I, I feel pretty good. That kind of prayer that we just did, that's the kind of prayer that will keep you from ever having to deal with it again, that will break that power of it. You might have some habits to want to go back in it, but that breaks where I was like, you know, sometimes being almost pulled by my flesh into an area I don't want to. That kind of prayer that we just did, that's the kind that says, hey, this is a right now moment for you, and the anointing is released to break that off of you. So now that I've explained that, if you feel like, hey, I want to receive that again and you want to stand up right now, do that again and let me pray for you. Because if you've ever felt that bondage uh, just from the enemy, the Lord's mad at you. He's rebuking, he's punishing you. Uh, and you just, you, you don't have his compassion. But you're saying, all right, now I want that broke off of me. And I, I want, I want the, the supernatural power of God released off of me from this point forward. If that's you, stand up. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Compassion be and fear be no longer in Jesus' name. Be free of every part of that anger and rebuke that the devil would try to tell you is yours to keep. It is not. You are free now in Jesus' name. Freedom be now in Jesus' name. Freedom be now in Jesus' name. Yeah, freedom be now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody else, just stand up. It's not too late. Freedom be now in Jesus' name. Now, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Freedom be in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. All right. Then verse 10 says this. For the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you. The mountains may be removed. Do you know what kind of shaking that takes? We're talking about earth shaking power he said all that may happen but my love and kindness will not be removed from you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken says the lord who has compassion on you this is who he is see this is this is a part of our inheritance of righteousness and then let's go on down and let's go to verse 13 verse 13 says all your sons will be taught of the Lord. Now, 
this is connecting to Galatians 4 where we were talking about the two different children, the bond and the free. This is a connection here. In other words, it was quoting in Galatians 4 about the bond and the free, what they would receive, and it's referring back to this prophetic a moment in Isaiah, and it's showing these sons, they will be taught of the Lord. So in other words, it's a direct connection to you, whether you're a Jew or Gentile, that this is yours. He's talking about you. And the well-being of your sons will be great. In righteousness, you will be established. You will be far from oppression for you will not fear, and from terror, for it will not come near you. It will not come near you. All right, now, in the King James there, it says, uh, will you put up verse 14 in the King James, please? It says this, in righteousness thou shalt be established there's another word i'm looking for one of them talks about the foundation and you will be founded it's your foundation this word established means your foundation i thought it was king james i was mistaken uh it's one of the translations i can't keep up with all the translations all the time but anyway it's talking about having your foundation in other words what does that mean that means that i'm not uh, with a heavy weight on top of me and a small foundation where I'm easy to topple over. In righteousness, it establishes us, gives us a wide base, and you don't get pushed over. You don't get pushed over. You have stuff that will try to come against you, but you don't get pushed over because you're established and founded in righteousness. That's the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness is our foundation. It's, it's the, it's the um, in, a, in a manner of speaking, it's the cornerstones of our life is this righteousness. It's our foundation stones. In other words, man, think about that now. How important is it to us? How important is the gift of righteousness to a Christian's life? And how many have heard an in-depth there you go. What's that? The Holcomb says you will be established on a foundation of righteousness. It might be the Amplified that says that too. It doesn't. Okay. Or it, I don't remember which one it was. I apologize. I didn't have that one in my notes. So it talks about this is the foundation. How important and how many people have received you know, some in-depth teaching on the gift of righteousness. We talked about this first night. It's very, very few. Very few. And yet, this is the thing that establishes a Christian. Gives them a foundation where they won't be toppled over. And yet, we almost know nothing about it. We didn't know that it was the link to power. We didn't know that it's the scepter of the kingdom. We didn't know that it's tied to the resurrection in that way. Not, in, not really, we might have heard that one time, but we don't know it enough to walk it, to walk it out in our lives. 
All right, so in this, this foundation speaks of five things. This is directly what Pastor Tracy gave to me. When he talks about that you will be established on a foundation of righteousness, here's five things that he's telling you directly. Number one, that he, he's speaking of he wants to establish you to create to bring into creation and bring formation in your life. In other words, if I've got an area in my life and I need something to uh, build up underneath it so that it will support the house that God wants to build, then the establishment of foundation to be established is God saying, I'm going to build that underneath you. You don't have to worry about that. Get the gift of righteousness, and I will establish you the way that you need to be established. If it doesn't exist already, I will create it. I will show you what to say, what to do, and I will put down the foundation that you will need in your life. I will form you. And give you an example of this. You know, I didn't know all of this, but God is working these things in our lives even when we don't know it because he's so merciful to us. And I can remember when I went in uh, to the Marines, I got out, I got out of high school, I went into the Marines, and um, I did that as a business decision because I saw a lot of CEOs uh, that were in the military, and I saw a number of them that were in the, in the Marine Corps. So I just did it as a business decision. I went into the reserves, and so I go do all my uh, training, my boot camp, my combat training, then my job training, and then you either go to full-time uh, duty or you go to active duty, what we call the fleet, or you go into the reserves. And so you do all the training there, and then I went to my reserve unit. But why? Because I was doing it as a business decision. Now, the interesting thing is when I got to that place and I started you know, learning all this stuff, I didn't know what all God was teaching me. I didn't know the foundation that he was laying for me to be in front of you tonight pastoring on a foundation that he built. And I, I'll just make the story really, really quick, but the things that he did to prepare me to pastor is miraculous. I mean, some of the best training ever and I didn't even recognize it until we started to go into ministry. And I, and I looked back and I saw the pathway that he took me on. And I went, oh, my gracious. This is like the perfect path. This is the perfect foundation that he created on my righteousness in Christ. And on this one, he did it without me even knowing. Why? Because he just loves us. But imagine somebody that gets a hold of this and applies faith to the foundation through the gift of righteousness. All right, gift of righteousness, start forming some stuff. You know, like right now. You know, hey, hey Lord, I, I am righteous by the blood of Christ. I am righteous through him. I have the gift of righteousness. The foundation that I need over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, the rest of my life, Lord, I just believe on you by faith right now that that foundation will be created in Jesus' name. Now, I just said that as an example, but let me tell you something. I believe that in my heart. So guess what just happened? That stuff started working in my life. The foundation that I will need, the foundation that you will need, will just start being created because now you know about it. You can apply faith to it. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. All right? The faith is that victory. 
But you've got to have something to apply faith to. So now in the gift of righteousness, we can say, hey, foundation, be established in Jesus' name. Amen? Number two thing that foundation uh, speaks of is preparation for a future event. You have a foundation creation a creation and a forming but then you also have a preparation uh we did a series called built and established and filled built established foundation right and one of the things it talked about specifically in the establishment was that you may build a house that has that's okay and passes code with one board but in the Holy Spirit, in the gift of righteousness and his foundation, you may hear the Holy Spirit say, put an extra brace there. You don't need it. It's more than code asked for, but put one there. And then all of a sudden what happens is, because the Holy Spirit prepares you for the future, five years down the road, here comes this massive storm that lays out everybody's house but the one who was founded through the gift of righteousness, the one who was established. And nobody knew but God, but God. And when you were given the gift of righteousness, he said, you're established in me. I'm going to show you how to do stuff that will sustain you. I'm going to prepare you for the future. I'm going to set things in place to support you so that you will not easily be toppled over. Number three, he wants influence and control. You talk about foundation. You got to understand that the whole purpose of this is so that God can love more on man. That's his priority. And he does that through people. In other words, he wants to put you in a place of influence and control because he knows that in the gift of righteousness, you will do part two and give him his will in the earth. And now God has influence and control through his ambassador on this earth. This is what foundation's talking about. How would you like to get up to heaven and find out that, that by you being obedient, that by you being obedient, all of a sudden, we just handed control and influence to God in so many areas that we didn't even have a clue about. And, and Jesus comes to you and he says, do you know how you helped me by being obedient? Do you know how you helped me just by going to church? Do you know how you helped me by giving me your decisions? Do you know how you helped me by learning about the gift of righteousness and allowing me to build my foundation in you? Do you know how much you helped me? And you'll go, yeah, because we went to Boomerang and we knew about it. Thank you. But I'm so glad I did it. Amen? Amen. Foundation speaks also. He wants to give you something that's solid and secure. A lot of times what you need is you need a base where you can't be toppled over. And one of those things that base does is it brings about a dynasty. In other words, this is not the, through the gift of righteousness that establishes us and gives us that foundation. Through that gift of righteousness, it allows me to pass on gifts of righteousness into my own children. It allows me to pass on into my spiritual children. It allows me to pass on some stuff that then goes to your children and your children's children. And all of a sudden, we don't just have, well, we had church one day and it was awesome. There was this church, what was the name again? Um, 
Boomerang. I think that, yeah, it was great. I really loved that place. We had lots of family, you know, events. And, and people there were really like family. That was so nice. I wish we had that again. In the gift of righteousness, in a founding and an establishment, we look back and go, man, would you look at this now? There's churches, there are boomerang churches all around the world, and every one of them's operating in the gift of righteousness, and there is a dynasty, and it's not my church, it's yours. It's your doing, it's your establishing that kind of stuff, because you know who you are, you know you're righteous, you know what the gift of righteousness does. It's one of those things where you now pass it to your kids and your grandkids, and they know what to do. They know that they are righteous. They never have to grow up thinking they're not. They, their founda- your foundation may be starting at 30 and 40 and 50, but their foundation starts at 7. Think about that. Think about how, how many people have really gone after the Lord And it's been less than five years that you've really been all in with them. Less than five years. And how much have you grown in that time? Imagine if that happened at seven or five or three or ten. Do you know what they can be? See, we're not just establishing you. We're establishing a dynasty for Christ. Amen? The last thing is the establishment means that this thing is fixed. It's set. It's already a done deal. It's done. It's finished. As soon as that establishment is set, (laughs) it can't be shaken. It's fixed. It's a fixed game. You've already won. And it's all tied to the gift of righteousness and God wanting to establish you the next verse he goes on to say this if anyone fiercely assails you it will not be from me anybody comes against you hard it ain't me it's not from me whoever assails you will fall because of you Whoever comes against you, the person who understands their righteousness that is founded on his righteousness, they come against you, they'll fall because of you. It's a dangerous game they're playing. That's why we pray for mercy and grace for them. For them. Behold, I myself, just think, listen, listen to this. Just close your eyes and let the, let the Lord talk to you. Behold, I myself have created the smith who blows the fire of the coals and brings out a weapon for its work. And I have created the destroyer to ruin. In other words, he's going to be ruined. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. This is the Lord talking to you. You righteous person, built and established on him. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their vindication is from me, declares the Lord. Your vindication 
is from him. He stands for you. And can't anybody stand against him. You're founded. You're established. Because you're righteous. Because God loved you. And part one was he said, let me show you your love. Even when you were totally messing up, part two. Even when you were totally messing up, part two, and loving on me, I don't care about that as much as I care about getting you my love. That's what God was saying. And he said, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to take all your mess-ups, and I'm going to put them on my son. And I'm going to take all his good, and I'm going to put it on you. And in the name of Jesus, God is saying, the Father is saying, you're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. Just say that. Just say, you can say it under your breath right now, but just say, I am righteous. I am righteous in Christ. I am righteous. That statement and faith on it, it'll change you. It will change you. And if if there's somebody that's watching or listening and you don't know Christ, you can know Christ right now. And that righteousness will change you. And I just, let's all just pray this prayer. Just, just say, Father, right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that he died for me. And that you brought him back to life for me. And then you declared me righteous. And he came up from the grave. And you raised him up. And with him you raised me up. And now I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I receive that. I am righteous. In Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now, Lord, I just ask that every person that prayed that, that their foundation would be created and it would be formed in Jesus' name, prepared for the future. They would be victorious already in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Have a great, great night. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. Thank you.